and welcome back to Night Owl Nerds. Last time on Fate's Split. The party arrived back at the Goblin Village, announcing that they would be taking them home to their original domicile within the caves near Antirion. After some revelry was had, a bit of hunting, a whole lot of food, the party discovered that Kint may be the richest creature on the continent and decided to spend the night keeping watch over his valuables and helping him organize them and prepare them for shipment down to Interion. A little bit of uh, chaos and tomfoolery was had, leading to the collapse of the windmill under which Kint's shop was originally set. Thankfully, the party had managed to get all of his things out before the collapse. While they gathered themselves and the goblins and began to make their way out of town, before they could even reach the border, they were stopped by a loud voice calling out to them. And as they looked across the way, they saw Favin, the elderly, the somewhat elderly, advisor to the mayor of Interion, an apparent encourager of the goblins in the uh, 25 years past. And that is where we are going to resume our game. So as you all stare across the way, Fevin stares down at you. Two people flank him on either side. On one side, you see a small-ish, pale, elven woman draped in a thick black cloak. A small book is clutched in her hand, kept close to her side. And on his other side, a very large, gray-skinned man, standing about seven feet tall, with sharp features in his face, a bald head and he appears to be growling at you you can see his entire chest move as he breathes deeply steam emanating from his mouth and nostrils as he exhales Favin calls out to you once again you must stop I cannot allow the goblins to come back to Interion. You've all caused me much strife. You have all caused turmoil. And you have upset all of my plans. You are a thorn in my spine, and I will not stand for this. And as he says this, he raises his finger in the air and points towards you all. I need you all to roll initiative. Well, guys are in luck. I may only be rolling initiative, but I've rolled two natural ones in a row so far. Three. In response to hearing Favin's voice call out, can Gurn have gone into his rage? You can do that on your turn. All right. 
All right. Is everybody ready? Yep. Yep. Uh, Celine, what is your deck score? Three. Okay. All right. 25 to 20. Twenty-one. Twenty. Twenty to fifteen. Eighteen. Uh, fifteen to ten. Fourteen. Thirteen. Ten to five. Uh, Kate got a nine. Okay. And Mark got a four. So beginning at the top of the round, as Favin lowers his finger towards you and commands his allies to charge at you. <clears throat> as he pulls his hand back, he vanishes from sight. Move somewhere else. bringing us to the huge bestial looking man in front of you. He bares his teeth and you see spiked canines throughout his mouth as if they have been filed down into sharpened points. He roars in anger and as he does so you see a flash of darkness move through his veins under his pale gray skin <clears throat> he roars loudly echoing throughout this area off of every building and begins to rush as he does so he is going to go into a rage and then move one two three four five six seven eight nine ten around the party cutting wide around Kata and Moss coming up next to Gurn and Shatten and he's going to reach down his massive head and try to take a bite out of you Shatten and he is going to do so going to attempt to do so twice and he's going to do so recklessly uh the first attack is goddamn character sheets are tiny there it is uh first first bite is a 19 hits and the second is a natural 19 for a 28 that misses oh Okay. You will be taking... <laughs> that hits. <laughs> yeah, I kind of figured it did. Uh, my brain is not working with math right now. 23 points of piercing damage, and I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Okay. Uh, nine. 
as this creature, as this beast of a man bites down into you, you feel a pulse within your own veins, and your vision darkens for just half a second, and then re-clarifies. I will end his turn, moving us to Selene. Um, I'm going to use my bonus action to wild shape into my beast of nature. Bargain right. Let's move that. Uh, just real quick, make sure you can move that token. Uh, yes, I can. Okay, I'm going to put your token away for him for a little bit. That's fine. Just so it's, you know, out of the way. Would you care to describe to us what it looks like when you shift? Because only one of your party members has seen this creature before. About the shoulder. She stands four and a half feet tall from snout to tail. She is 12 feet long. You see a panther silver, silver furred violet sheen four limbs in front two in back um, her tail is split in two at back with bone clubs at the end and there is a green luminescent glow that emanates around her and on her chest there is a black raven marking to be seen nice alright um so then see uh i'm assuming this is the that's bad guy <laughs> yes that is that is bad guy okay well um don't go for kata she'll try to eat you yeah i'm not going for kata Gosh. all right um, so I'm going to run up on bad guy. <laughs> okay. And... So you skirt between Gurn and Moss and come up yeah. on the side of the bad guy? Yeah. Okay. Um, basically coming up behind him if I could. You're at his side, but he okay. he was reckless on his he went reckless on his attack against Shatton, leaving him vulnerable to attack, granting you advantage on your attacks. Okay. Um so He seems a little fixated on eating the tiny rabbit. I can do a multi attack. Okay. So I'm gonna start with a bite. Okay. I got a net 20. Holy shit. Yeah, that hits. And it is... Heather was ready for... Heather was ready for this shit. Make sure to roll well, the your debut. second dice just in case you get a better roll. <laughs> I did. The first <laughs> roll was a 17. And the second one was a net 20, so... Yeah. Alright. Um, so that's... 
I'm going to figure out which one is the D6 right now. It's the cube. <laughs> oh, right. You're using new dice. Yeah. Yeah. Weirdly I'm using new shaped. dice. She hasn't, yeah. I don't think she's shown them to you guys, but they're weirdly shaped. And you don't want to step on them. No. No. <laughs> all caltrops. <laughs> John, you absolute fucking mad lad. Oh, I found it. Take me a second. Um. So that will be. Uh. That'll be a 17 points of piercing damage. Good golly damn. Okay. And for your second attack? Um, I'm going to use my tail. All right, go ahead and swing away. I believe the tail comes with two hits. Uh, yes. Yep, go ahead and roll to attack at advantage. Is, I was going to say, is that still advantage? Oh, yeah. I heard that hit the ground. That's an uh, 18. Uh, 18's a hit. Them new dice. I know. I'm excited. And uh, uh, roll to attack with the second hit on the tail as well. So okay. Roll it all at once. And that was another nat 20. Motherfucker. John, I need the website that you got those dice from, please. Amazon.com. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. They seem to roll well, though. Seriously. Did you buy my wife weighted dice? <laughs> Not that I know of. <laughs> All right. I guess you really did find the perfect dice for Celine. They've, they've already imprinted. So the first one is 13 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. And then, hold on, my second one. I'll be another point, uh, 13 points of bludgeoning damage. Wow, 26. You, holy shit. In one turn, you dealt 43 points of damage. I might have to nerf that character. Anything else for your turn? No, that's it. <laughs> All right, moving us on to Vice. Uh, Vice is going to run uh, towards the bridge and cast a spell that I don't think anybody knew that Vice knew. Uh, raising his armor class by three as he casts mage armor on Holy himself. Sh Holy shit. And I thought I had quicken spell. I do not. That'll end my turn. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was ill-prepared. Uh, did you roll accordingly?
I end my turn successfully. Okay. Bring us to Moss. Okay. Moss is going to start by unhitching one side of Kata and then move 5, 10, 15 to here. Okay. Unhitch the other side so she's free from her cart. All right. And in her mind, Kata's going to hear, Those three, those aren't friends. Understood, Moss. And then with his bonus action, he is going to cast Shield of Faith onto Kata. Okay, so Kata's AC is boosted by two? Yep. All right, perfect. Make a note of that? Yep. All right, anything else? Nope, that'll do it. Moving us on to Gurn. Gurn is going to rage. Okay. And as he does so, he's gripping his stick very fiercely and goes, Encouragement. <laughs> and he's going to swing down in front of him. Okay. Um, at the uh, Goliath-looking creature? Yes, sir. Okay, go ahead and roll to attack. At advantage, as he was reckless. Uh, 22. 22 is a hit. That is 11. 11 points of damage? Yep. Okay. And then he is going to swing again. Okay. With his extra attack. Go for it. And a 18. 18 is a hit. That is 16 points of damage. Okay. You said 16 points of damage? Yep. All right. As Stick swings down for the second time, this creature, having taken a few hits, right before Stick impacts his his body, you kind of see his skin quiver a little bit as if it's hardening. And you feel Stick bounce off a little bit as he has used his reaction for Stone's Endurance. Anything else for your turn? That'll pass Gurn's turn. All right, moving us on to Shatten. You feel something pulsing within your veins, and you can't be certain what it is. Ah, you son of a bitch! She's going to... I'm going to use my uh, bonus action to disengage. Okay. Move back. And I'm going to use Sharpshooter to throw a Psychic Dagger at him. All right. And you have advantage as he was reckless. And that is going to be 27 to hit. Yeah, that hits. And 
And I have a sneak attack, so six, three. And eleven, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-one. Thir uh, Thirty-one points of uh, psychic damage. All right, that was impressive. Anything else for your turn? How do you like that, you asshole? You just kind and of geez. growls at you. Just gonna look him dead in the eyes and wait ready for uh, get ready for whatever happens next. Okay. And that'll end your turn? Yep. Alright, moving us on to Kada. Okay, being told that these people weren't friends. Kada is gonna move five, ten, fifteen. Fifteen feet to here. Okay. And attack the uh, that guy. Okay. And he was reckless, so that's still an advantage, right? Still an advantage until the start of his next turn. There's a lot of people between him and uh, his next turn. All right. So for the bite, that is an twenty-three to hit. That's a hit. And for the tail. Well, I'm liking these dice Joe bot, mate, because that's a crit. Nice. For the tail. Okay, so we will start with hey guys. bite damage. Merry Christmas. Internet failed. Bye. Don't <laughs> you guys, Joe. gifted dice are the most powerful. Yeah. Uh, so that's 12 points of piercing okay. from the bite. And then I need D6s. I think I see why my players like these ones so much. 6, 11, 15, 16, 17. That's 19 points from the tail. Oh, wait. 23 points from the tail, excuse me. I forgot to okay. add. And that's bludgeoning. All right. Anything and else for Kada? That will be Kada's turn. All right. Bringing us to the cloaked elf. Yeah. So she is going to step. Radius on this again. Actually, no, she's going to stand right where she is. And right in front of you, Moss, you see a small gray ball begin to form. And then it suddenly erupts in a giant sphere of cloud, wind, and lightning. I need everybody to make a strength saving throw including Kada yep thirteen that is a failure 
Yes, I am. 17. Uh, that is a failure. 19, I think. Yep, 19. Success. Four. Out of 15. Failure. All right, and the Goliath Goliath succeeded. Everybody who failed, so everybody but Moss, takes eight points of bludgeoning damage. And Moss... For her bonus action, she is going to loose a lightning bolt from the center of the storm directly at you for a 29 to hit. Just barely. God damn, that sucks. Where is the damage on that? There it is. Taking 17 points of lightning damage. That was fun. Yes. Hey, John, how does it feel having two characters in a row get hit with lightning bolts? <laughs> feels, All right. feels really good. From the same person. And this brings us to Markry, who's actually part of our initiative order. He's actually going to step back a little bit to try eh, not that way this way fuck her fuck not he's gonna step back a little bit to try to make sure that the carriages are protected and you see as he walks back there he reaches into one of the carriages beneath the seat and pulls out a, a small wooden shield and then what looks like a wooden handle with a bone-like saw blade attached to the side of it. Anyone who is able to see this would recognize the bulette tooth attached to a handle. Mycry made a rudimentary battle axe while you guys were dealing with Kent. Bring us to the top of the round with Favin. He is going to move down a little bit. That's Evan. That's the Goliath guy. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh. Remember, Favin disappeared. Yeah, that's why. That's why I was confused. I was like, wait a minute. Favin's at the top of the turn order. Moss, does a twenty-eight hit you? It does. Did he get within 10 feet of me? No. Okay. Just checking. Nope. Ow. Sorry. Nope. Didn't have to. Cool. And yeah, definitely. Let me just double check something real quick. Yeah. You're fine. And he is going to tack on his sneak attack you take 37 points of psychic damage 
Cool. Master's unconscious. And Favin has reappeared just outside the storm. That's going to end his turn. Bringing us to the Goliath. Who... Hmm. Who's he more pissed about? Actually, you know what? Gurn, he sees you as more of a challenge. He's not going to go reckless on this. But he definitely wants to fuck you up. So he's going to make three swings at you. Uh, with his claws. <laughs> All right. So we have a 16 to hit. A 15... Yeah, 16 and two 15s to hit. Gurn laughs in his face. <laughs> no. He just roars, unable to control his rage. Bringing us to Celine. All right. Um, I am going to run up on Savin. Okay. And I'm going to do a multi-attack again. Go for it. No, I'm not. I got a six. <laughs> uh, okay, that was your first strike. Yeah, I know. Uh, and I got another six, so. Okay, what were you attacking with? Um, I was going to attack with my tail first, and then my claws. Alright, then you have a third strike. Just remember, right. the tail hits twice. I got a 14. Uh, 14 doesn't meet. Alright, anything All right. else for your turn? No, that's going to be the end of my turn, I guess. Alright, bringing us to Vice. Vice is going to move 25 feet to where he believes that the broken tower is. Uh, the space within the sphere is difficult terrain. Vice is going to move 15 feet down then and exit okay. the sphere. All right. And hurl a fireball at the caster. Okay. Deck save. And it's empowered. Which means... Um, ba -ba -ba. it means that I can re-roll a number of dice up to four. Okay. Uh, her dex, uh, dex save is a five. Man, sucks to be that bitch. Hopefully, she prefers to be well done. Hopefully. Um, just making sure. Yeah, it is 8d6. I'm a caster. I know that. Ooh, that is not a lot of ones. We're just going to reroll twos. Uh, that'll be 26 points of fire damage. Okay. 
Alright, you seem to have hit her pretty well, but the Storm Sphere remains. And that'll end my turn. Alright. Moving us on to Moss. Yep. Go ahead and roll your death saving throw. Ten. That's a success. And you take one failure as you get hit, as you automatically fail your strength save against the Storm Sphere. Moving us to Gurn. How heavy are you, John? Would would Gurn be able to move John? 340. Uh, you would be able to drag him. But at the moment, you wouldn't be able to get too far. The yeah, inside the sphere is difficult terrain. You're already moving at half speed, carrying another person. You'd hardly be able to move. Yep. Uh, um, Garn is going to swing stick. Okay. On the uh, Goliath. Okay. Was a 22. 22's a hit. Was that with advantage? Uh, it doesn't need it. She didn't. He didn't go reckless. Oh, but you are um, flanking. Yeah, yeah, roll at advantage. You're flanking with Celine right now. That, and I'm still rage too, but it was with advantage roll. Okay. See, I'm paying attention. Yeah, yeah, look at that. That is going to be nine damage. Okay. And he is going to swing again. Okay. For a 17. Uh, 17 meets his AC. For 15 damage. Very nice. Anything else for your turn? I am going to bonus action dash. 15. So that's 30 feet. And I'm going to get over here next to Fathom. Okay. That could have just been your movement speed. Fair. Is there anything else you'd like to do with your bonus action? And uh, no. Okay. Bring us to Shatton. Oh. She's going to uh, move in. And she is going to strike with her uh, psychic deck. Okay, go ahead and roll at advantage for flanking. That's going to be 25 to hit. 25 is a hit. Attack. That is 17 points of psychic damage. 
I would like for you to describe how you kill this Goliath werewolf. As she, she moved in moved in close to him, she pulls, uh, summons her psychic blade, and she goes straight, digs the dagger into his inner thigh, and just brings the blade straight up into, uh, well, up into his groin, because that's all pretty much she can reach standing. And just jams it in further. Okay. And as no marks are left by your psychic blade, you see him double over in pain as he passes out on the ground. Anything else for your turn? He's going to use her bonus action to summon her second dagger and throw it at Favin. Go ahead and roll the attack. I'm going to go ahead and use Sharpshooter with that. Okay. And misses. What'd you roll? I rolled a eight. Yeah, that misses. Anything else for your turn? Uh, Let's see here. Moved three squares. That's 15 feet, correct? That's 30 feet. You're in difficult terrain right now. Then there's nothing much I can do. All right. Please roll a strength saving throw. That is 15. Okay. You take four points of bludgeoning damage. And that will move us on to Kata. Alright. I mean, it doesn't say I don't still control her if I'm not, if I'm incapacitated, but I'm going to leave that up to you if you want to yeah, control I her while I'm to, incapacitated. Well, you would know her. She's bonded to you. Mm. Right? So let's just look at the spell real quick. See if she dissipates when you are incapacitated. Doesn't say anything about that that I can see. Do familiars dissipate when their summoners uh, get incapacitated? It doesn't say anything about it dissipating when you are incapacitated. So, but because she is bonded to you, you know what she would do. I'm leaving control of Kata on you. You know how she would react. And yes, you can see within the storm. The, uh, the only disadvantage on perception regarding the storm is uh, for hearing reasons. But you can see within it. Alright, in that case, would she be smart enough to know that there's nothing she could do to help me? She has a relatively low intelligence score and she's incredibly loyal to you. Yeah, I didn't think so. My my thought process on this would be her instinct is to try to protect you and save you. Yep. 10, 20, 30. All right. Uh, sh- she's going to use her action to try and grab Moss and drag him. Okay. She has the strength to do it. So that's going to be uh, 10. Nope. So from there, 5, 10, 20, 30 feet to there. So using her, uh, essentially using her action to dash and drag you? 
Gosh, yeah. Because uh, remember, yes. it's difficult terrain in this Correct. Storm. Oh, no. Uh, hold on. She was here. So 10, 20, 30 to here. And then grab. And then 10, 20, 30. Equaling 60 feet of movement. Which she has. Okay. Where you dragged yourself to is a, is up a wall. Oh. Well, that wouldn't work. No. Okay, so there, so... Given her movement speed, you could drag her here. Okay. You could get her... You could get yourself and her there. And then... There? Yes. Okay. And then you are effectively out of the storm. And cool. kind of within a pile of rubble just outside of it. Okay. Okay. That'll be Kata's turn. All right, bringing us back to the elven woman. Well, I guess first things first, she's going to cast Mage Armor on herself. As you all see, or Vice, you're the only one that can see her at the moment. A light shimmer comes over her body. And then with her bonus action, she is going to attempt to loose a lightning bolt on you, Vice, for hitting her with a firebolt. Ouch. Uh, that is a 16 to hit. I fucking hate it here. I fucking hate it here. Take 13 points of lightning damage. And I explode. You do. Doing literally nothing except frosting the grass around me. What was the radius we set on that? 10. Okay. Hmm. She would have been, been watching. If it would have been a fucking 15. Yeah, but she would have been watching you do that. Okay. So, Vice, you're watching her. Suddenly, a light shimmer encases her body. And then from your side, a lightning bolt fires out and hits you in the chest, pulsing through your body, and suddenly that energy is released in a blast of ice and cold air. She was watching you this entire time, and you see a look of astonishment and confusion on her face. and you hear the storm near you dissipate. You caught her so off guard with that, she lost her concentration. Bringing us to Markry, who is actually going to step up and attempt to hit Favin. I need to pull up Markry's character sheet real quick. Yes, advantage. Wow, Markry is pissed. He rolled a 21 to hit. Ooh. Right? Dealing. Seven points of slashing damage as he rakes his bullet axe across Favin's back. And he's actually going to action surge, action surge, and do it again. 
with a natural 20. He is really pissed. Wow. Dealing 15 points of slashing damage. You all hear as Favin just kind of cries out in pain as the pointed bulet blade rakes across his back, cutting through his robes. Bring us to the top of the turn order with Favin, who is actually going to turn around, kind of scoff at Markry for what he's doing, and look up at you, Gurn. And as he looks at you, he goes to swing forward at you, and as he swings his bare hand, a black blade materializes within his hand. And he rolled a 21 to hit. That hits. Dealing. Ooh, that's the wrong thing. Uh, da, 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 da. 10 points of psychic damage. And then he's going to use his bonus action to disengage and start running back towards the bridge. One, two, three, four, five, six. And that will end his... What? He bonus action disengaged? You do not. Ah, okay. All right, bringing us to Selene as the Goliath has been felled. So I'm going to do a multi-attack starting with my claws. You are nowhere near the enemy. Oh, shit, he moved. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, he Trying ran to read my notes here. Um, okay, so I'm gonna... I'm gonna run after him, then. Okay. I'm gonna run up behind him, and then I'm gonna attack him. Okay, go ahead and roll to attack. I got a nat 20 for my first Mother one. Fucker! Was that and what what feature are you using on the first one? Is that your bite or your claw? That's my claw. Okay. And then my uh, second would be my tail, and that was a fifteen for my first one. Uh, that is a hit. That meets his armor class. Cool. Um. So let me see. So the first one. Okay. That's 15 points of slashing damage. Okay. For the cause. And then... And then that's going to be 12 points of bludgeoning damage for the second attack. And that was both hits with the tail? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, one hit, because I rolled for the tail twice, right? Yes. Um, I got 15 for my first attack, and then, then I got a nat 1 for my second. So I only get to oh, attack okay. with my tail once. Okay, cool. Anything else for your turn? Uh, no, that will be it. All right, bringing us to Vice. Which way is Favin looking? Which way is Favin looking? Yeah. Uh, at the moment, he is in the process. He, he's about to turn around 
to see the creature that is gnawing at his back. He was running towards the elf and is now like trying to address the threat behind him. Is he turning away from me or turning? He is turning towards away from me. You. Okay. Because I want to. Because I know he's fa- he just got hit from behind, so I want to make sure he's turning. No, he's turning his to his left, left around away. He's turning got to his it. left to not face you. I'm dropping back 20 feet and hurling a firebolt in the middle of the arena where it'll hit everyone except or hit both of them, missing all of my allies centered on this location right here. A fireball? Yep. Okay. Deck saves galore, bitches. Uh, And it's empowered. Favin rolled a 23. And the elf rolled a seven, uh, eight. Only one of those passes. I don't even want to re-roll any of these. Then don't. Oh, fuck. I lost the damage, but gained two. That's 20. That's 30. Did you say you liked your casters well uh, well done? Because that's 33 points of damage. And uh, 16 on Favin. And if that doesn't kill the caster, I'm wondering why the fuck we're against a court wizard. Sorry, how much against Favin? Uh, 16. 16 points of fire. 33 points of fire damage was dealt. If he takes half, then it'd be 16. Yeah, he, he'll be taking half. Actually, he'll be taking none as he uses evasion. I thought you had to see something for evasion. Oh, no, that's the fucking... That's the barbarian thing where you danger sense, where you get advantage. And can he dodge, too? Yeah, it doesn't require that he sees it. That's some horse shit. Yeah. All right, anything else for your turn? That doesn't kill the caster? Anything else for your turn? Nope. As you glance over at the elf, you notice that her robes have all but smoldered away. Her skin is covered in three third-degree burns, and she is gasping for air, but she is still standing. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this and do the math on how much damage she just fucking took, because that's insane. Uh, <laughs> when this is over, I will... During the break, I'll tell you what her max was. Will that end your turn? Yeah, my turn was over after the fireball was cast. I assumed. Moss, death saving throw. I could not have gotten closer to death. Natural two. Oh my fuck. Okay. Yeah. One lower and you'd be rolling a new character. Yeah. All right, bringing us to Gurn. Gurn. Uh, how long into this fight are we? Has my rage worn off at this point? Your rage only wears off when you do not take damage, or you do not try to strike at someone. You have stri- you have made a strike at someone on every one of your turns. You have not lost your rage. Uh, your rage lasts for one minute. As long as. We're like third round. This is 18 seconds. Oh, okay. All right. Gotcha. Um, Gurn... One minute in battle is 10 rounds. Okay. So 
The only way you'd lose it in any real combat scenario is if you're not hitting something. Gurn is going to take Favin and cut him off at the bridge here. Would I technically be flanking? At this turn, yes, you are pulling. flanking. All right. And Gurn is going to swing with stick, aiming for the back of his skull. Okay. He is going to attack recklessly. All right. You don't waste the reckless. You already He's, have advantage. Gurn would do it. So he is attacking okay. so as recklessly at as possible. And he does eat spoons. And he does eat spoons. A 27 hit. 27 hits. For 12. 12 points of damage. He's going to use Uncanny Dodge. He's going to burn his reaction for Uncanny Dodge and have that. And for your second strike. Uh, Dirty 20. Dirty 20 hits. Twelve damage as well. Okay. Anything else for your turn? And Gurn is going to bonus action dash to here and just cut off any space. Does that bonus action dash allow you to avoid attacks of opportunity? Uh, it gives other creatures disadvantage on opportunity attack rolls. Doesn't matter. He already used his reaction. All right. And that's it for your turn? Yes, sir. Okay. Bring us to Shatton. Shatton's also going to catch up and get it behind him. And she's going to attempt to stab him with uh, her psychic dagger. Okay. You guys are just playing leapfrog with this man. Celine's holding him in place, and you guys are just trading places to fuck him up. Uh, 24 to hit. It's a hit. Okay. Ooh. That could have been better. Uh, 15, 16... Uh, 19 psychic damage. And then for the bonus action, I'm going to use her second dagger. All right. And that is going to be 20, dirty 20 to hit. Dirty 20 hits. And that's going to be two psychic damage. Oh, boy. Did you add your dex to that second hit? Uh, oh, no, I did not. That is going to be a seven. Sorry. All right. Anything else for your turn? Nope. All right. Bringing us to Kata. Well, Kata seeing the guy that took Moss out in front of her 
is going to move right up to him and attack him. Okay. First one is a 23 to hit 23 for the hits. bite. And a 19 to hit for the tail. Both hit. Uh, 14 for the bite and... And plus three, uh, 13 for the tail. Hey Moss, how does Kata kill Fathom? Okay. Cicada comes running up, seeing the guy that knocked Moss unconscious, and bites into bites into his chest, and then whips her tail around and hits him in the head, breaking his neck. You all hear a loud crack come from Favin's neck. You hear a gasp coming from the direction of the bridge. You all look over to see the elf that had been causing so much chaos within this battlefield, take a step back, open her book, and begin to chant a spell. Suddenly an arcane circle opens up around her, and she vanishes. Moss lies charred and barely breathing off in the corner. Um, are we still in initiative order? Uh, at this point, you are not in initiative order, but I will tell you, you've got about 30 seconds to get to Moss. Alright, I... How long does it take me to shift back into my other form? A bonus action to dismiss. Alright, I'm going to dismiss it, and then I'm going to run over to Moss. Okay. And cast a Healing Word. Or, no, I'm sorry, Cure Wounds. Okay, go ahead and roll it. Thanks to the initiative, Moss, it you're fine. Uh, that's 1d8, right? Uh, it depends on what level you're casting it. I was going to cast it at second level. So it's going to be 2d8. Trying to figure out this dice here. <laughs> which one is which? <laughs> that's my 10. That's my 6. Oh, here it is. Watch it roll an eight. Twice. Uh, I as seven. Seven total. Yes. Okay. <laughs> what happened? Um, we killed Fabin. Well, your creature killed Fabin. As you hear her say that, Gurn swings his glaive into the ground, cutting Fabin's head off. <laughs> you all hear the dull thud of a bodiless head roll across the ground. Um, can I go over to Fabin's body and search it for anything that could be important? What's left of it anyway? <laughs> you may go up to the body and roll investigation. 
Okay. Oh, I gotta fix it. Satin is gonna search as well. Go ahead and roll. So, hold on. That's a 19. Okay. And that is a 19 for me as well. All right. As the two women in the party begin searching over Favin's body, kind of disregarding his head, which is currently laying, I'd say, two, three feet away from his body. You search through, you find maybe 50 golden coins. And a small... Each or... Like, in total. I will split it then. Okay. Let's, let's wait until right. I finish my description. <laughs> So you find about 50 gold in uh, various coins. But as you're searching through, you find underneath his cloak uh, a, a handful, uh, two standard-looking daggers. Nothing special about them, just kind of strapped onto his waist. And a small pouch. Inside the pouch, you find... what can only be described as scrap paper notes written in what appears to be gibberish common. But as you're pouring over the body with a 19, one of you happens to lift his sleeve a little bit and you find a tattoo on the underside of his arm. The tattoo is very simple. It appears to be two triangles. The bottom one stands with a point up, and there is a smaller one just above it with the point facing down, with the two points meeting. Kind of like a strangely shaped hourglass. Solid black, right on the underside of his forearm. Can I understand what the note says? Uh, as you... As you are reading the note, it appears to be a shopping list. But there's some weird stuff on the shopping list. It appears to be eggs, hay, caltrops, roofing nails, rocks. Just a handful of random words just kind of thrown onto a piece of paper. I'm going to pocket it for now. Well, actually, no. Where's um, the mayor, actually? Markry is over by the carriages. Currently right, trying gonna... to get the goblins to calm down. Okay. Um, Are you showing any of this to Shatten as she was watching, looking over this body with you? Yeah, I'm going to show it to her first to see if she can't make any sense of it. Shatten, as you look at these notes... The gears in your head start turning, and you begin to recognize the hidden language within the words on these pieces of paper. And as you kind of piece it together, you pull apart and reassemble the code into instructions. Eliminate the threat. Resume operations in Interion. Take back control 
or we will take it from you. And written in, written within the code are, it, it appears to be a repetition of two letters, which you assume to be initials of something. The letters are B, C. He was working for someone. He's nothing but a flunky. What does the note say? And we, uh, apparently when he lost, when he was driven out of town, he was considered having lost control of the town. He was supposed to take the town back or someone's going to do it for him. <laughs> I'm guessing someone named BC. Perhaps and, maybe uh, the mayor knows who BC might be. I don't know. Maybe. But we were uh, enough of a threat that we were an actual mission for this guy. Well, thankfully he's dead. So at least the goblins are safer now. At least from that threat, anyway. For, for now. Ugh. I don't suppose I can get a little bit of that heal from you, too, could I? Um, absolutely. I will uh, cure wounds at uh, second level for Shat as well. So, let me get my dice here. Just had it, too. Why is it that everything when we come across tries to eat me? It's your snack think... size. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think you want me to answer that. <laughs> is the tattoo still uncovered on his body? Probably. Right, I mean, that, Actually, that's up to the people that were investigating. Would I recognize the tattoo? No. Are the daggers still uncovered on his body? I left gotcha. everything uncovered. I didn't I cover it back up. <laughs> Alright, Vice is going to remove both daggers uh, from, or remove the holsters of the daggers from his waist. He is going to place them both on his own waist and draw one. And he's going to say, Shat, you might want to turn away if you're not feeling well. And he's going to carve the tattoo off the body, collecting the skin from it as a visual aid. So he is skinning this man for the tattoo. Cool. Um, Shat, that is uh, 10 points of healing. Because I got two vibes. You feel a pulse move through your body and within your bloodstream. You only heal for five points. Oh. Thanks, I guess. Oh. Rub the wound. Did something. Well, while we're traveling, you could always rest in the carriage. I'm sure. Um, I'm going to go over and check on Moss to see how he's doing. I'm just going to stand up and just start kicking his body. 
are you kicking are you kicking uh old man's body test me off I'm asking you out of character yes I'm <laughs> kicking Favin's body okay <laughs> Moss is kind of slowly making his way back up to his feet. He's definitely not looking great, but... Okay. I try to assist him, or is he way too heavy? You can try to assist him. You probably have enough strength to lift one of his arms. Maybe. <laughs> He'll he'll accept your help and like stand up and kind of stretch a little bit. All right. Go and inspect the other body. Uh, the Goliath. Go ahead and roll investigation. Okay, let's see here. That is going to be. Damn my math skills. You should have graduated. 17. With 17, you find that this man was carrying almost nothing but the tattered clothes on his back. But as you pour over and shove aside one of his massive arms, you find the same tattoo. This time, underneath one of his biceps, like along his tricep. Uh, um, summon one of her daggers and just cut the arm off. Uh, your psychic blades don't do that. Oh, well, in that case, she pulls her dagger out and does it. Okay. Yeah, it says in the description that when a psychic blade hits, it doesn't leave a mark. That's why it deals psychic damage. It doesn't ah. physically cut. She's sawing at the arm for a long time before she realizes that. Mm-hmm. Would it be long enough for us to take a short rest? <laughs> um, I'm going to cast cure, cure Wounds at first level on Moss one more time. Okay. And I got a seven. Okay. Oops. I'm not going to do that. Two. So, I see two bodies. Where did the third one go? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. She fucking got away. Uh. Go and help me out real quick. And, uh, Vice is going to grab onto Favin's body. Uh, you you notice that Garn has stepped away a little bit ago at this moment. He has gathered up Favin's head, and it's in between his feet, and he's holding his glaive pommel down, and he's inserting the pommel into Favin's throat and jamming it all the way down so that Favin's head is mounted to the back of his glaive. <laughs> Gun, we're gonna do something cooler. Help me out. Mm 
Gern puts the glaive on his back and moves over. <clears throat> uh, we're going to. When you put your glaive on your back, is it blade down or blade up? Blade down. Okay. <clears throat> um, we're gonna pull Favin's body over towards the uh the water's edge, and uh, Vice is going to. Douse the body in three vials of lantern oil and continuously cast Firebolt until there is nothing left. Until the ashes are ashes. Until the ashes are burnt. I love the Pepsi there. Gurn is going to get really close to Vice and put his arm around him as he's casting these fireballs and just holding your embrace and, and watching the spectacle. I, I, I got nothing to add to this. This is amazing. <laughs> we don't so suffer in a well. <laughs> we, we, we need marshmallows. <laughs> We've entered the darkest timeline. Vice has gone evil. This is fun. So as Vice goes evil, thoroughly incinerating the remains of Favin, Gurn standing next to him, Favin's head piked on the pommel of his glaive. The rest of you, inspecting the body of the Goliath, tending to each other's wounds, recovering from this very sudden and very rapid encounter. We are going to take our break. And we're back. As you all begin to gather yourselves, Markry begins to step away from the carriages and towards the rest of you. As he looks around trying to find the body of Favin and sees smoke rising from the side of the river and Favin's head kind of hovering above Gurn's mounted on his glaive. Well, I believe you will no longer be a threat to us. You are... You'll seem to have pretty handily taken care of that problem. Yes, but I think we still have another threat that may be, um, need to be investigated. What do you mean? Does Shat have the paper, or did she give it back to me? I can't remember. He has it still. Um, it turns out Shet. that he was working okay. for someone. Working for someone? What do you mean? What did you find? Um, she hand uh, she hands the uh the, the shopping list up to uh Celine. He takes it from oh hands it to Celine. Oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna hand it to Markry then. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Okay. Okay. 
He kind of looks over the papers with a quizzical look on his face. And he looks at you too. I, um, I can't make heads or tails of this. The strangest arrangement of words I've ever seen. In the code, he's essentially working for someone by the name of BC. BC. I don't Those believe I initials. know. I don't believe I know anyone with the initials BC. Well, whoever it was wants control of your town. Well, I mean, I can only imagine we are the effectively the only source for these gems. They're highly prized amongst magic users, but I mean, it would certainly explain his actions, his his drive to remove the goblins and take control of the caves and then poisoning me. Probably trying to just get me out of the way so he could take control. But I can't imagine who he would be working for. I mean, we are under the kingdom's jurisdiction. Whoever he was working for, if they sought to overthrow our town, perhaps they sought to overthrow the kingdom. Do you know this symbol? And she pulls up the arm that she cut off. What? Joined the tattoo. What is... <clears throat> he kind of gags a little bit. Swallows hard. That's a piece of flesh. Um, no, I, I don't recognize the symbol. Looks like a strange hourglass, but no, I don't know what this is. Did you... Where did you get that? Found it. She just tosses it to the side. Better question is, where the hell were you storing that? It'd be wise to not answer that. Wasn't. Anyway. Um, please put the piece of flesh away. It's kind of disgusting. Um. Vice, nice of you to join us. What were you burning over there? Problems. Was burning away problems. Burning away problems. All right, um. Where is the remainder of Favin's body? I see his head cleverly... Burnt away. Burnt away. All right. I, I don't know if you noticed, but there was someone on the bridge using magics, and I don't want to deal with him again. So rather than leave a body that could potentially be reincarnated or brought back to life using magics. Rather, there be nothing left. Are Fuck that, magics, dude. Are their magics powerful enough to do that? To bring back the dead? Yes. Necromancy, yes. Well, it sounds would like Vice, that's not what I was hoping for. Would Vice know if necromancy is frowned upon in this yeah. world? Yeah. Is it? 
especially living with Northam, necromancy is extremely frowned upon. Well, is it generally frowned upon against like... Uh, no, like, it is the ultimate taboo. Okay. So, there's a school of magics that allows you to bring back the dead. Um, whether it be human or animal or other creatures. Um, and it's extremely frowned upon, but I really don't put a group of people willing to try to poison a mayor to take control of a town past trying to revive the dead. So, rather just not have a body to revive. I understand. Um, Vice, do you need to take a moment? You seem a bit hard-headed right now. It's just singe from the lightning. I'll be fine. Right. Of course. Um, you all seem a bit worse for wear. Uh, do, do, do we want to delay our passage another day, or... I mean, I suppose we could ask the goblins to move aside. You could all try to get some rest within the carriages. And we could try to make headway away from this graveyard. I think it might be best to keep moving. I agree. I don't want to make the goblins wait any longer than they need to. But it's up to how everyone else is feeling as well. No, I'll be fine. Me too. Well, I could always heal any of you if you need it, and we could all take turns resting as well as we travel. I might need to lie down for a bit. Uh... <clears throat> Moss, rest. Gurn, good. I lead. Oh, all right, uh, Moss, I just, I wanted to show you real quick. And he kind of flashes his little battle axe at you. I, um, I made this from the tooth you handed me last night. Thought it, you know, I didn't know what we'd be coming up against in the wilds and figure it best to be armed. My, my uncle taught me a few tricks when I was younger. So, I mean, what, what do you think? Oh, yes kind of holds it up to you. It's a bit rudimentary, but it's securely attached. It seems to work. Seems like a good weapon. Yes, I, I think I'm going to hang on to it for a while. I mean, if we were attacked all the way up here, I can only imagine what may come as we travel. Possibility another one of those things. Well, uh, wouldn't it be humorous if I, if I managed to deal the killing blow with one of its own teeth? <laughs> uh, uh, that would be ironic. Well, um, I guess if you're all wanting to leave, then we should, uh, well, saddle up, get ready to go. Muscle. Help Kata back over to the cart and hook her up. Kata, sure. 
As you approach Kata, she meets you in the middle. She walks right up to you. And she can see that you are heavily wounded. Even after being repaired with healing magics a couple of times, you've you've still got some scars and you're still bleeding. Her, her serpentine tongue, you know, shoots out and kind of licks at your wounds a little bit. And you hear within your head, Moss, are you okay? I'll be fine. Just need to rest for a bit. Who who attacked us? They were he was one of the men the leading was the guy that bought the goblins and kicked them out of the town we're bringing them back to in the first place. Sounds like you may have solved the problem then. Possibly. There seems to be like he was working for someone. Well, you may have fallen quickly, but your heart remains in a good place. I believe my loyalty is well deserved by you. I I do appreciate that. She kind of nuzzles up on you and she angles herself in a way to support you as you both are walking over to the cart so she can be rehitched. I'll pet her as we walk over. You hear a low, almost a purr come from her. Hitch her back up, kind of. Uh, shake myself off a little bit. Getting yeah. blood over places. Kind of. Once you've got her rehitched, she kind of stands up and tries to take a couple steps forward and is having some difficulty getting it moving. I will go back to the back of the cart and push. Okay. Joined with Gern. And as the two of you begin to push the cart. You can hear the rolling of the carts with the goblins following closely behind as they have also begun. Along your first day of travel. I will move you all back to the overworld map so that we might track your travel. Now, given the weight of the things that you all that are that are being towed and the sudden increase in population, the previous travel time with the horses of four days is going to be increased to a seven day travel. As you need to contend with. Well, you don't know yet, but you're definitely moving more slowly. I would like someone to roll a d20 for the day. Three. I got a net 20. I only needed one. I know. Congratulations on your nat 20, but the three was called first. That's fine. During your first day of travel, um, the previous night, 
or there, I guess at this point, 24 hours ago, there had been a storm that had begun to let up. The sky cleared up overnight. As you begin this first day of travel, the sky begins to cloud over again and snow begins to fall. Anybody outside of the carriages, you feel snow hitting your face and the wind begins to pick up. As a snow squall moves forward, uh, moves through the area, the horses seem to not really be um, stifled by this, but Kata is definitely having a hard time with the uh, increased winds and wind chill that comes along with it. Would anybody like to keep watch during this first day of travel? I'll go first. All right, go ahead and roll perception for the day. Uh, that would be a dirty 20. Okay. We will get to that. Would anything like to be done during the first day of travel? Quick pause. Merry Christmas Eve, everybody. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. Yes, Merry Christmas, Christmas Eve. Listeners, with that, you know how far behind you are. Oh, I was I was thinking that that was going to get cut. Hi, listeners. Mm-hmm. All right, back to the mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing. I just wanted to say Merry Christmas Eve to everybody. <laughs> All right. Are people resting in carriages? Are people walking alongside? What is the plan for the first day of travel? Uh, Gern's going to be leading front of caravan on foot, keeping an active eye out and potentially trying to hunt. Okay. Why don't you roll a quick survival check? Uh, An 18. Okay, we'll get to that. Moss, what's up? Moss would try and rest in the back of a carriage if he could find one that had room. It's actually kind of funny. You look through the three carriages to see if there's any space for you to sit, rest yourself, whatever. And by the time you get to the third carriage, unable to find space... The goblins within the carriage begin chattering, and one of them turns to you and says, Do you want to get in? If, if, if there's room. Sure there is. Everybody, pile up! And you watch as these goblins just kind of kind of swarm towards the front of the carriage, opening up a spot at the backside. And you can see that some of them are just kind of getting squished in, but they don't seem to care. Every single one of them has the, like the biggest grin on their face. But they have made room for you. Thank you. Muscle, get in the carriage. Okay. Ride for probably about an hour and a half to two hours. Take a short rest if he can. Yeah, go ahead. Cool. Shan, will you be doing anything? Yeah, she'll be um, sitting on top of the middle carriage, keeping an eye out. All right. Why don't you roll a perception check as well? And that will be a 19. Okay. 
And Celine, where are you perched when you uh, when you're keeping watch? Um, I was actually walking on foot. Um, probably next to one of the carriages or something. Okay. And Vice, what are you doing? Vice is going to be at first um, taking his overcoat and finding a way to basically affix it to um, John, help me out here. What's your uh, name? Kata. Kata. Kata's, uh, he's going to try to find a way to affix it to Kata and like help try to block some of the cold from hitting like her ear holes or her neck or like the backside of her head so she can still keep her vision um, but try to like help shield her from the cold and the snow okay it's not terribly difficult you find a way to get it over uh, the lengthier part of her neck by draping it over and then tying the sleeves on the underside of her neck That'll help with the uh, cold for you there, Kata. He just kind of gives out a quiet hiss. I noticed that uh, you're not really built for the cold. And with that, Vice will fall back from her, still keeping an eye on her, but like not walking beside her. He's not sure if he likes her or not. (laughs) Or if she likes him or not. Uh, will you be walking alongside the carriage? Or are you taking a ride? How are you traveling? Um, still on foot. Okay. Occasionally, I'll wander up to Gurn, bullshit with him while he's trying to hunt. <laughs> As the day progresses, Gurn leading the way, kind of guiding the caravan along, keeping an eye out for potential game. With Celine and Shatton's help, you do not see any threats, but along the way, you do manage to find a handful of small game that you fairly successfully hunt down, kill, and gather up for later consumption. As the day begins to come to a close, you find yourselves in the familiar valley that leads out of the Glacius Spine Mountain Range. And as the sun begins to dip toward, uh, toward the peaks of the mountains, you know that this valley will be cast in shadow within the hour, and that it may be time to start setting up camp. Markry and the carriage drivers arrange the carriages in a circle, or triangle, rather. They unhitch the horses, cover them with blankets, get them feed and water, and begin settling in for the night. Would anything like to be done during the first night of travel? Now that Moss is feeling a little better, he'll... Well, it probably would have been after that couple of hours, he'll get out of the carriage and start walking. But once we camp 
uh, he's gonna go up to uh, Kent and ask Kent if uh, uh, Kent, is there any uh, out of the cloth you were able to save, is there anything big enough to help Kato with a little bit of coverage? What kind of coverage does she need? Well, she's not really built for the cold, so something to, like, put on her back. Maybe on her feet. Um. Maybe, it, it, help, help me get to the crate that's got the cloth in it. Sure. And he kind of guides you over to the cart and points out the crate that's got the various swatches of cloth in it. And he has oh. you open it up. And as he digs through, he's just kind of pushing stuff aside. And most of what's in here is silk, and you feel like it's not going to do any good. But as he reaches the bottom of the crate, he does happen to find what appears to be a wool blanket. Just kind of folded and tucked into the bottom of this crate. Do you think this will work? It should help. Thank you, kid. Of course. And, um, thanks for protecting us back there. I'm not sure what was going to happen. Yeah, that was a bit of a pain, but got through it. Well, I say you guys kicked your asses. <laughs> I'll, uh, walk over to Kata and... Kind of throw it over her back, arrange it best I can. Okay. It's not terribly difficult. Um, the blanket is just large enough to carry, to cover the bulk of her body. And you feel that it should offer her at least some protection from the wind. Um, from walking around camp and whatnot, can I see that Shatton still looks beat up? I feel like that's a question for Shatton. Uh, she's definitely looked like she's seen better days. Uh, <clears throat> definitely um, some serious bruises. Well, um, with fur, you really can tell. She definitely looks like she's hurting a little bit. Alright, so Moss will walk up to Shatton and be like, Took some hits, huh? How you feeling? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better. You, how are you feeling? Eh, I've had better days. Like I can try and, you know, make you feel sure. a little better. And muscle pump. Eh, how many does he have left? There we go. Uh, Moss will pump ten of his lay on hands into her. Okay. There we go. Thanks, but I definitely feel much better now. Still a little stiff. Good. Now we just gotta get through the night and these next few days. I think we can do it. I'll take the first watch. You continue resting. I'm feeling a lot better. I could take a watch if necessary. 
Would anything else like to be done for the evening, or are we settling in for a long rest? Um, before Celine goes down for a long rest, she helps some of the drivers gather firewood and um, hunting for some food and stuff like that before going down for her long rest. Okay. Not much needs to be gathered, thanks to what Gurn had uh, pulled together during travel. Um, it's not a lot, but it is... <laughs> but it is enough uh, between the rations that have been stored. Uh, the, they did manage to bring along the remaining venison from the night prior, plus what Gurn had gathered up. There's, there's enough food at least for the next two days. Alright. Your stunned silence tells me that nothing else is going to happen for the evening. No, she was pretty much... Sorry, um... No, no she was pretty to much... everyone. Oh. I thought you were talking about me. No. No. Yeah, I was done. Gurn is going to do a uh, little perimeter check just to take a look and then return back to camp if nothing is seen. Okay. So we're doing watches for the night? Yep. Alright, who's taking first watch? Shat and Will. Alright. So as everybody begins to settle in, Shat roll perception for your watch. Um, Eleven. With an 11, you can't hear or see much over the storm that is currently encircling you. Cold wind blows through, piercing through, uh, hitting your ears. And every once in a while, you look up at the sky where you know the moon should be. You can't see it behind the clouds, but every time you look up, you feel a pulse within your blood. Only for a moment, and then it dissipates once again. The remainder of your watch goes without incident. Is there anything you would like to do during your watch? No, um, just her normal, you know, she sets a full target, starts throwing her psychic daggers at it. Okay. As they silently impact every once in a while you look down at your body the bite marks from where the goliath had bitten down on you you see that those marks aren't quite healing the way you might have expected something is wrong with this and as you stare at them, you could swear that you see your blood pulsing beneath the marks. Almost black beneath your fur. And then you look again, and it just looks like a normal wound trying to heal. Oh, that can't be good. Oh, well, I'll deal with it in the morning. Alright, as your watch comes to a close... Who will be taking second watch? I think it was uh, Moss. Moss volunteered to take a watch. Okay. 
She's going to go down and... Boss, it's time to get up. Okay. And Moss will get up and walk around the camp and take a look around. Okay, go ahead and roll perception for your watch. Well, at least I rolled it here and not on that death saving throw. Uh, that's going to be a five in total as I rolled a natural one. Okay. Much like Shatton, you are unable to detect any threats or really anything over the storm encircling the camp. Aside from the wind beating down, blowing at the canvas on the carriages, the night is quiet. The goblins seem to be sleeping peacefully within their little... With their, with, within their new temporary mobile homes. And everything seems quiet. Anything you'd like to do during your watch? No. Just take a look around, keep watching. Okay. As you try to keep yourself warm by the fire, you do a couple of times during the night, you hear Kata shifting in the place where she is trying to rest just to the side of the carriages as she tries to turn her body to face the fire at the center of the carriages. In that case, I'll walk over and see if she's asleep. You go over and she is sleeping a little restlessly, but mainly she's just trying to stave off the cold. Okay. About two hours into your watch, Celine, you awaken from your meditation. Moss, are you still sitting near the fire? Are you over I'd, near uh, Kata? I'd be over near Kata. Okay. Um, since I was sitting near the fire, uh, when I wake up, I will pull out one of my rations, and I will look up and see Moss near Kata, and then kind of make my way over to make sure they're both okay. Um, as I approach Moss, I'll kind of tap him on the shoulder. Mm. Feeling better? Yeah, I'm feeling much better. Kate is definitely not built for this cold, though. I know. Unfortunately, I don't have anything I could give to help with that. I don't think I do either. Hopefully we'll be out of here soon, though. Is there anything I can get you? No, I'll be, I'll be fine if you want to take over for third watch and I can get some more sleep. That would be nice. Yeah, of course. I don't mind taking over. Okay. All right. As Moss goes to uh, <clears throat> try to hunker down for the night, Celine, if you could roll perception for your watch. Um, I got a 23. There we go, a decent perception roll. For the remainder of the evening, actually, if you could roll a d20 for me. How do you tell if it's a six or a nine? 
Oh, it's not marked, is it? It has a line on it, but like I can't, I can't tell. Like, I don't know. Is it a six if it's underlined, and a nine if it's, I don't know. If it's a six, if it's underlined. Oh, then the it's a nine. The line would always go under. Oh, yeah, then it's a nine. Okay. As the night progresses, the remainder the remainder of the caravan sleeping soundly, moss settling in. You take up watch, making an occasional perimeter check. The sky begins. The sky begins to let up. The clouds do not clear, but the the snow ceases, begins to slow down, and eventually diminish into a light flurry. As you're walking around, you can hear the goblins kind of, some of them snoring, some of them chattering in their sleep. Mostly just tired noises. You don't hear anything of incident during your watch. There doesn't appear to be any threats. You, With your keen ears and excellent dark vision, you do not see anything that appears to be uh, scouting the caravan. You know, like you don't see any scout scouts from uh, wolf packs. You don't see anything that might pose a threat to the caravan at this time. Is there anything you'd like to do during your watch? Um, no, not that I can think of at the moment. Okay. Vice. That me. That you. Where are you sleeping? Probably rested up against one of the caravans facing inwards. So facing the fire, leaning against a carriage? Mm-hmm. Okay. While you're sleeping, in your dreams, you find yourself standing on top of the water in the middle of a vast ocean. You look in every direction and you see no land. Just a wide expanse of deep blue water gently rippling beneath you. You hear a voice rumble seemingly from beneath the water's surface calling out to you. Vice. Come to me. You feel a strange weight within your pocket. I'm going to reach into my pocket and grab what I'm... What Vice is assuming is the wheel that's been turned into the coin. Do I... When I remove my hand, is that what I see? Yes. As you pull out your hand out out of your pocket, you find the small coin-sized metal disc. As you pull it out of your pocket, it grows back to its original size, the size in which you had originally found it. You do not feel its weight in your arms. And as you clutch it, you watch your skin from your fingertips to your arms 
turn blue. And you watch the blue creeping up, up your arms, and you feel it, a cold, wet sensation moving inwards towards your chest as you clutch this wheel, and you find yourself unable to release it. Come to me, find me. The voice roars out from all directions beneath you within the water. Am I standing like on a landmass? No, you are standing on the water. As you look down at your feet, they are placed on the water as if it were a solid surface. Can I tell that I'm in a dream? You've been in this kind of state before. You know that this is the, you know that this is a dreamlike realm. With it being a dream, I'm going to try to step through the water then. As you step forward, trying to apply pressure to break the water's surface, you find that you are unable. And then suddenly the wheel in your hand grows extremely heavy and drops downwards towards the water. And as it strikes the water's surface, it penetrates, dragging you with it, pulling you downward, leagues upon leagues, the light above you diminishing as you sink deeper and deeper and deeper into the water. You can feel the crushing weight of a thousand atmospheres building against your body. And then when you feel like you're about to burst, you begin to see a small light on the seafloor beneath you growing as you grow closer and closer the wheel pulling you deeper and deeper faster than you can than you can imagine you feel the water rushing across your face and across your body and at just the point when you feel like your body is going to implode on itself from the pressure of all this weight you suddenly feel nothing no pressure no pain you feel as though you are one with the water, as if you have become the water. The wheel in your hands shatters into seven pieces. And one of the pieces begins to turn black, cracked on its surface. And you see bright red lights spiderweb outward and within the crack. That piece shatters and the remaining six pieces of the wheel fall from your hands and sink down to the sea floor out of your sight. And as you are enveloped by darkness and water, you awaken suddenly, staring at the fire in front of you, your back against a carriage, and the ground around you coated in water, the snow beneath you completely melted. That's fucking new. Is it like daybreak? Like, can I see the sun starting to come up on the horizon? You can see that the clouds are beginning to lighten. You can't see the sun. There's too much cloud cover, but this, the, the clouds are beginning to lighten. I'm going to take a look around. 
and see who's awake. As you look around, you find that a couple of the drivers have begun to awaken. Or, um, Markry remains asleep. One of the drivers seems to be trying to gather something out of one of the carriages. The other one is over at the horses trying to give it its morning feed. And then at one point, Celine walks around the corner of one of the other carriages, seemingly coming back from a perimeter watch. But no one else seems to be awake at this time. I'm going to keep an eye on Celine as she walks like past with like my head down like I'm still asleep and wait for her to pass. And then I'm going to get up and walk outside of the caravan circle. Celine, as you walk by with your perception check, you know where Vice had been sleeping, leaning against presumably one of the wheels of the carriages, as they are large carriages. You see him still leaning there, his head down, seemingly asleep. The ground around him is not covered in snow or tundra. It is soaking wet as if there had been a torrential downpour localized entirely within a three-foot radius of vice. Um, as I see this, I'm going to, I guess, start making my way over to vice. And... Kind of just tapping him lightly on the shoulder. Vice is going to keep his head down like he's sleeping still. <laughs> um, assuming that he's still sleeping, she'll just kind of shrug it off and then just walk away and ask him about it later when he wakes up. And go see if like one of the drivers need help or anything. All right. Vice, you clearly felt Selene tapping on your shoulder and then give up. And you hear her walking away from you. I'm going to count to 10 in my head. And then I'm going to get up and walk away. just to buy myself a little bit of time to make sure she doesn't just see me get up and walk away. Okay. Where are you headed? Uh, Maybe 30 feet outside of the caravan. To like okay. just sit and write and think. All right. A little while passes. Dawn has broken. And the remainder of the party wakes up. You have all achieved a long rest. And you are all level six. Uh, I actually got a question. Yeah. Um, so it says for level six. Uh, Druid Circle feature? What is uh -huh. that? Uh, your circle is your subclass, Circle of the Moon. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
you get a new feature for being level 6, which would be listed in your subclass details. Ah, that's why. It's from the uh, Sword Coast Adventures guide. Yeah, that which would make is, sense. I don't it, have that in my compendium right now. Yep. It is an official book because I do have that. Okay. Yeah, you'll, you'll have, like I said, you'll have to manually enter it. But uh, you'll have it. Awesome. Yeah, it was on, I saw it on D&D Beyond, too. I just didn't see where to confirm if it was out of a book or not. Yep. All right. If everybody's about ready, we can move on with the second day of travel. And we have long rested. We have. Everybody ready to move on? Yep. I am ready. For the second day of travel, who would like to keep watch for potential dangers? Oh, Shatnel will do that. She's tired of a thing sneaking up on her, trying to eat her. Okay, go ahead and roll perception for the day. Gurn will assist. That's going to be... Roll at advantage. Okay, second one wasn't needed after all. 27. Okay, would anything like to be done during the second day of travel? I'm going to walk up to Kata and just so uh, how are you feeling? I believe I can handle this. I just wait for warmer weather. Okay. As long as you're okay. I'll be fine. Okay. Are you feeling better, Moss? I'm feeling much better. Thank you. Good. I'd hate to see you fall again. I do not wish to repeat having to drag your body. You're the one that grabbed me. I didn't want you to be subjected to that storm any longer. Thank you for that. I didn't know who did that. You are my friend, Moss. I will do what I can to protect you. My friend too, and I will do the same, but I owe you my life, so... You owe me nothing. Moss will just kind of pet her. Again, you hear that low, quiet purr. As the day progresses, Shatten, I assume you are sitting atop one of the uh, one of the carriages, keeping watch. Yeah, the middle. one. Yes, with with Ga- with Gurn once again leading the charge, keeping an eye out, occasionally potentially sensing something, and conferring with you from your perch. As the day progresses, once again, you do find a small handful of game for the day's rations. You do not perceive any threats during the day. 
Would anything else like to be done during this day of travel? Um, Gurn is going to turn to Shat. <clears throat> Gurn, Gurn, go hunt. And he's going to double pace forward. And, and try and break out of sight of the caravan. Further ahead. Okay. And he's going to start trying to find any tracks of any bigger game. Go ahead and roll survival. Uh, 18. 22. You do not find any tracks of bigger game. And you are very confident that you have, that there is no larger game in this immediate area. With your increased pacing and ability to move through this terrain, you move around and you find that there is no evidence of anything really worth hunting that you're looking for. You know, there's, there's no evidence of deer or moose, even bear. In fact, as you have all reached the, about the end of this valley, you find that it's kind of barren. There is almost no life out here, with the exception of a, you know, a handful of evergreen trees that pop up every once in a while, but there's nothing else out here. And with your instincts, that seems a little off. You feel like you should be able to find tracks of anything larger than an Arctic fox, but there is nothing. Gurn will uh, return back after, I don't know, I would say an hour, hour or so. He's been keeping a, a pace ahead of you guys. Okay. And he's going to come back into sight. Kind of kind of disgruntled looking. Shatten would see him first. Did you find anything? Um Yes and no. Which Gurn no, like, where is? Grant's going to like scratch his head and then shrug his shoulders. Okay, I'll take that as uh, no big meals tonight. <clears throat> Are there any birds flying around? Um, girl, no, look up much. 
As Gurn says that, Shatten, you look up and you do not see any birds in the sky. Just gray clouds dimming as the day reaches dusk. That's uh, unsettling. Certainly we'll have a better luck tomorrow. Gurn. Gurn Hope. Gurn's going to drop back to the actual caravans. Okay. As the day reaches a close, once again, the carriages arrange themselves for camp. Food is had. Markry is relatively quiet, occasionally engaging with the goblins. You see him every once in a while going to the carriage where uh, Meme has been holed up, um, discussing things with her. It's somewhat quietly, but it doesn't seem like they're trying to keep secrets. They're just, there's no reason to shout. Everything seems fairly peaceful. Are we doing watches for the night, or are we just progressing? I'll take first watch. I'll take second. I will take third. All right. Moss, if you could roll perception for your watch. 23. During your watch, <clears throat> as everybody settles in for the night, you notice that the uh, the two carriage drivers begin playing a game of cards against one another. And during your watch, you know they play a couple of rounds before they decide to call it quits. Everybody else settles in. About two hours into your watch. Most, you know, most of the way through your watch, you swear you hear something above the cloud line. Like the flapping of humongous wings. It's faint, but distinct from the occasional breeze that blows through this valley. It doesn't last long goes over your head and then continues off in the distance and with that perception roll you know that it is headed in the direction of the goblin village okay would you like to do anything during your, during your watch just kind of walk around keep an eye on Kata things like that the remainder of your watch goes without incident, with the exception of that one thing. And you believe it's time to awaken Shatten for her watch. So I'll go find Shatten and shake her. Mm-hmm. What? It's your turn. Okay. She stretches a bit and 
she uh, crawls out of the uh, out of uh, from her little nest and crawls on top of the uh, carriage. Not exactly sure what it was, but it seemed like something was flying. I couldn't see what it was through the clouds, but it seemed rather large and heading back towards where we came from. Watch the sky then. Maybe it's related to that thing I saw on the on the way up there. Could be. Muscle. Settle in for the night. Alright. Shatton, if you could roll perception for your watch. Okay. Uh fifteen. Okay. With a fifteen, the night remains very quiet. You do not hear any further evidence of what Moss had described happening during his watch. The night goes by quietly, and about two hours into your watch, Celine begins to awaken. Morning, Celine. Hello, Shatton. <clears throat> Did I miss anything? Nothing on my watch, but... Apparently, Moss said he heard something fly over. And it was Odd. big. But other than that, it's been quiet. Alright. Well, that could be a good or a bad thing. Yeah, well, it means at least nothing snuck up on us. That's true. Can't wait for morning. Do you want to go ahead and take watch? I think I think I need to uh, walk around. Yeah, I could take watch. Um... All right, Shen. As your as your watch comes to an end, you remember Vice mentioning that he would take third watch. Do you choose to wake him or not? I'll wake him. Okay. She, she feels uh, nice and gives a little shove. Wakey, wakey. Yep. I didn't hear anything, but apparently Moss uh, heard something fly over. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. And Vice will stand up and make his way over towards the fire. All right, Vice. Uh, you are joined by Celine at the moment. Um, I'm going to uh, turn to Vice as he down near the fire or is he standing uh at the moment i am standing okay um i'll look up at you then uh vice i meant to ask you earlier but you were sleeping was... you weren't sleeping unless you mean like moments ago uh no no, I meant 
earlier today, I tried tapping you on the shoulder and you were sleeping. You mean yesterday? Yes, yesterday. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Oh. Anyway, you were saying? Well... Did you... scorch the ground by chance with a fireball or anything? At any point? In my sleep? That would, uh... That would be a new development even for me. But, uh... I have no recollection of doing that. Well, the reason I ask is because as I was doing my rounds, I noticed that all the snow around you was melted. There was no snow. And I was trying to figure out what may have caused that. DM, were my clothes wet? No, it was just the area surrounding you. As if you had given off a burst of water. Hmm. Yeah, I have no idea. I just wanted to ask, see if you knew. I didn't mean to intrude or anything. Just was curious. Yeah, I have I have no idea what caused it. Which is part of the reason why I pretended like I was asleep when you tapped me on the shoulder as I woken up from that little while before, moments before. Uh, no idea what was happening. So instead of saying, yeah, I have no fucking clue why I'm sitting in a puddle of water, uh, I decided, I'm just going to get up. But then I heard you coming around the corner, and so I, was, I decided, I'm just going to wait. And then I got up. That's fair. You know, hindsight, it was mostly to avoid a conversation like this, but again, hindsight, knowing you probably should have just not even pretended to sleep because you would have brought it up either way. Like I said, it was more of a curiosity thing. I didn't mean to intrude. No, that's fine. I am equally as curious as to what caused it. If not more so. It seems I'm always learning something new about you. That makes two of us. So I guess Shat heard something in the sky, or thinks she did. Um, yeah, so she told me that Moss saw something large flying in the air, heading, I guess, back the way we came. Oh, Moss but, heard it. Yeah, Moss didn't see it. Oh. 
Well, that makes it a little more credible then. Seems that Shat's always on edge. I wouldn't be surprised if she heard a field mouse and thought it was something coming to kill her. Well, perhaps when Moss wakes up, maybe we can ask him if he knew what it was or ask for a description of it. I mean, if it was something he heard but didn't see, and it's not here, it's not really a concern, but it's worth knowing. I'd rather know than not know what we may or may not have to face next. Yeah, but if it's going in another direction, then... I'm just thinking out loud here, at this point. Um, DM, I actually have a question. Yes. So, when we were in Hastone, did we happen to see the uh, the dragon fly overhead, or we did we not, or like whatever whatever it was, you fly saw over the tower. We did see it. Yeah. When you all poked your head out the front door and looked up, you saw the silhouette of a dragon within the smoke. Okay. Ah, so we saw a silhouette of a dragon, but we did not see a dragon. You didn't have clear sight of it, but it was clear there was a dragon within the smoke. Um, so thinking back to past them, I'm going to turn device. What if it's that dragon that, that we saw in Hastone? What if it for some reason came here? What would it be doing this far over? I'm not sure. I'm just trying to think what large thing could be flying in the sky around here is this is technically the same continent right as what has tomes on it's just separated by a large river or channel they're considered separate continents because the strait between them is I mean if you were able to traverse it in a straight line it would take a ship maybe three or four days to get across but okay and i mean this is incredibly meta but they're they're considered separate continents okay vice would know that yeah it, we're, we're literally on another continent could it be the same dragon sure is it the same dragon i would wager not um, would Vice know how common dragons are? Uh, not necessarily this dragon, but dragons in general. Why don't you roll me a history check? Loosely familiar with 12? With a 12, you would know that dragons are right on the borderline of being 
myth. They are, they're known to exist, but there have only ever been a handful of sightings in written history. Dragons are just uncommon enough to leave a doubt in my mind whether it's the same dragon or not. Um, but with it being literally on another continent, I have a hard time believing that with... that The number of people that recount... Or, Recant, uh, excuse me, that claim to have seen dragons, I would believe that you've got more than one dragon across these two continents. Um, while sightings are uncommon, very uncommon, um, there's got to be more than one across these two continents. So, I don't think it's the same one. Especially, especially because we've been over here a week, right? And if you think about the speed at which the distance between the two continents alone, I guess it's been a couple weeks. Theoretically possible. Hmm. It was just a theory. I was just thinking back to when we're in Hastom and I'm still trying to figure out why a dragon appeared in Hastom. And they basically destroyed everything as far as we knew. Well, yeah. So... <clears throat> If it is the same dragon, right? Yeah. Why I mean... would it be going to the goblin village? Well, see, that's the one thing I can't figure out. But didn't we figure out that there was a connection between Favin and Northam? Potentially. No. Besides the, the sale of, of crystals to Northam. And this journal that I have in here somewhere that I never got a, a write-out for. Yeah, I basically I told you everything I said. <laughs> uh, the fact of the matter is you cast Comprehend Languages on Thieves' Cant. So, it's not a perfect translation. Oh. Uh, basically, it, it the 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 connection was was buying gems, right? So, sure, some connection. Well, but if you think if if Favin had control of a dragon, why wouldn't he just send a fucking dragon to kill us instead of trying to dispatch of us himself and ending up a pile of ash that I burned repeatedly? 
Well, that's the other thing. Did Northam ever mention anything about dragons to you? Not really. I'm sorry I'm asking so many questions. I've never seen a dragon before, and... Well, being in the woods, you don't really see much of anything. <laughs> so... I mean, it might not have even been a dragon. It could have been a large bird. That's fair. Um, with that... Celine's gonna get up from the fire and then go hunt for a little while. Alright, well, later on. <laughs> As she gets up, <laughs> she walks away in the middle of the conversation. Well, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, I'm bored. I'm gonna go hunting now. <laughs> Alright, Vice, roll perception for your watch. Celine, roll survival for hunting. 11. I got an 8. Celine, you are unsuccessful in finding any game this morning. Gurn's report from the previous evening to Shatton, as you may have overheard that. Uh, there does not appear to be any wildlife in this part of the valley. Vice. After your brief conversation with Celine, she goes off to attempt to find some kind of game for the day. During your watch, nothing of note happens. It remains a quiet, what you would assume is a cold evening. And Vice, if you could roll a d20 for the day. What do I add to that? Nothing. Hmm. Then I guess I'll let it be a 12. Okay. As the sun begins to peek over the horizon, you can actually see it shining through the mountain peaks as the clouds in the sky begin to burn away or evaporate away and genuine sunlight begins to brighten the sky to a light and blue. It would appear that today is going to be clear. The remainder of the caravan begins to awaken. Everybody stretches, tries to shake off the remaining cold. And we begin the third day of travel. Would anything like to be done during this time? Not Same just, as the uh, prior days. Yep. Watch from the top of the middle caravan, a middle carriage for me. Moss is going to keep his eyes on the sky throughout the day to see if he can spot the thing anything okay Moss why don't you go ahead and roll me a perception check Shatton you too uh, 28 24 alright Shatton you notice it first and 
as she is alerting you, Moss, you see it as well. As you are all leaving the valley and walking across the tundra, trying to get to the area of fields where the mountain range seems to have less of an arctic effect, you look behind you in the general direction of where the goblin village was. And you see a plume of smoke rising into the sky, thick and black, just beginning to dissipate as it reaches the sky above the peaks of the mountains that surround the village. Uh, did anyone by chance leave a cooking fire going before we left? Um, Celine had been walking, I guess, somewhat kind of behind. So she's going to look behind her, confused at Chatton's words. Uh, not that I know of. Then we're going to want to go faster. Yeah. That and she's sure going to point towards the horizon. What caused that? I guess it's something large and flying. And something we'd seen before that I was really hoping wasn't what I heard. Yes, me and uh, Vice were actually talking about that last night. Well, this morning, rather, I guess. You have Trying a terrible to... concept of time. I really do. <laughs> I really do. Rising. Good night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting my days mixed up here. My bad. Oh, when you only sleep for four hours. If you sleep, I can understand. I can understand how it can happen. Oh, that's about as much sleep as I got yesterday. So, in the last like twenty-four hours, that's how much I've gotten. And now we're confusing characters with real life. Oh, I know. <laughs> so, is there any way we can get the characters faster? Yes, why don't you hop out and push? At this point, I'm willing. Shadden, I don't really think it's going to matter that much. If I heard it last night fly over us, it took it a few hours to move what we did in two days. Why would that dragon be, a, or whatever it is, be all the way out here? And why attack the village? Maybe it likes goblin meat. But it's uh, if it's the same dragon, it attacked Hastum too. Well, Maybe look. it likes meat <laughs> got it this way you guys found that note saying that if Fathom didn't take care of it somebody else would oh we think that's someone else and that was the last place they knew we were well, the good news is we're not there. 
and it thinks it's dispatched the problem. Let's hope. Except for we did have one of them get away, so... Yeah, well, that's a problem for later. Yeah. Really much we can do about it right now. Guess we just keep going and... They say cross that bridge when we come to it. I think that bridge is going to be burned by the time we get to it. Most likely. At your encouragement, the drivers try to push the horses a little harder. Moss and Gurn taking turns helping Kata push the cart of goods. And with Gurn's guidance through this portion of the trek on this trail, you do manage to save a little bit of time. And as the day progresses, you actually manage to exit the valley and get to a point in the roads that you had remembered is about a day away from... Uh, you're, you're about half a day's travel from where the tundra begins to let up and green fields will lay before you. After hearing the chatter, as word spreads quickly between the goblins and the drivers, the drivers take extra measures to try to camouflage the caravan during this portion, gathering up whatever twigs and sticks and whatnot with the help of anyone who is able, gathering fallen trees, logs, any vegetation that they can find, piling snow if they have to, anything they can to camouflage these carriages. Anyone who would like to help them, please roll survival. Okay. Here I... 15. 22. 10. Dirty 20. All right. Given everybody but Vice's help, the caravan appears to be pretty well camouflaged. And the various carriages have now been masked to look like no more than smiles, piles of debris. As Vice kind of stands to the side and watches everybody else work. As the day comes to a close, a campfire is set. Low this time. And with supplies nearby to readily extinguish it should the need arise. The drivers volunteer to help with watches on this evening. Who would like to take watch tonight? Take first watch. I'll take second. I guess I'll do third. Okay. Celine, by default, if you're not taking first watch, you're kind of stuck with third. I kind of figured. I mean, I'm going to be up anyway. Gurn still doesn't really know what watches are. So he's just sleeping whenever he wants, and yeah. 
Okay. Uh, in fact, he's going to stay up with Shat for first watch as well. Sorry for interrupting. Uh, Shatten, if you could roll perception for your watch. Okay. That's going to be... A th- uh, 18. Okay. <clears throat> As the sun dips below the horizon, somewhat masked by the remaining mountains to your west... The sky grows darker and darker. To your north, you swear you can make out the faintest glow of orange against the horizon. Not where the sun had set, but where the goblin village used to be. Oh, that's not good. Well, I hope uh, the goblins don't want to go back home, Gern, because I don't think there's anything left for them. Um, but we, we, huh? He points towards the uh, the the faint glow. I think that's what's left of their old village. Not goblin home. Mines. They'll probably be safe under the ground, yes. But, But we do go to bring home. That's the spirit. Very uh, hop. Yeah. What is um to to go and drag? Um, <clears throat> a dragon. <laughs> yeah. From the stories that was told to us as kids, they're giant lizards that can fly, breathe fire, and collect gold. I'm at Kata. Bigger. <clears throat> as about the size of that of the windmill. And they capture people and collect gold. At the mention of you saying capture, Gurn's face kind of ruptures with anger. Gurn! Gurn will kill. It will probably try to kill you too. Meanwhile, this whole time, Gurn's been holding the head of Favin over the fire and just kind of spinning it a ways above, not to char or burn any of the hair or anything, 
but he's doing so to sap any of the moisture out of the skin, trying to preserve the flesh on this skull as best as possible. You're literally smoking a man's head? Yep. That's fucking metal. I'm guessing you're saving that for later? Kern. Kern-like. Oh, I... I can see that. Shatton, during your watch... You look up to the sky and you catch a glimpse of the moon just behind the uh, mountain range. Its light shines in your eyes. Gurn, you watch as Shatten stares into this moonlight for a solid minute, unblinking, not looking away. And Shatton, you come to blink your eyes a few times and kind of refocus on whatever you were thinking. I'm hungry. I'll get a snack. She just digs into her, gets a rash, one of her uh, little breads, and starts munching. Default. Hmm. Wonder if I have any meat in there. She'll uh, pull out another piece of food, start eating that too. Gern's going to look up at the moon as well. You see it between peaks of the mo- of the mountains. It hasn't quite risen high enough to get above them. But if you angle yourself just right, you can see it shining behind them. Does Garnet notice anything weird about it? No. It's just glowing gently in the distance. Hurry up. Yeah? Garnet's going to point up why you look it's pretty nice and shiny almost makes you want to take it from the sky keep it for yourself (laughs) you like never really thought about it before but yeah Gurn, you notice while you're asking her this, Shatten is absentmindedly scratching where she had been bitten. She seems to be scratching an area between her ribcage and stomach. How far away is she from me currently? I thought we were sitting next to each other. Oh, you said said you were... Oh, you, you didn't get up to get food. Okay. No. <laughs> no, um, she always yeah. has food with her. <laughs> I was going to say, you think Shatton didn't have food with her at all times? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
first time of my D2. Gurn is going to reach out and kind of forcefully grab your shoulders and your arms and hold you up to take a full look at this wound and what you're scratching at. Excuse me. What are you doing? She's going to try to wiggle the uh, squirm out of, out of his grip. Gurn is not going to let you move. All right. This is a contested grapple check. Gurn, athletics. Shad, athletics or acrobatics? Acrobatics. Got a 27. Shit. 18. Shatten, you are unable to resist. Damn, I wish I would have Um. What do you. What? What's wrong? Why are you. Put me down. No. Stop. And Gurn's going to inspect the wound as best as he can to see like what the hell's going on here. If there's any type of infection. I mean, he's taking care of himself for the most part out in the woods. So, As you inspect her torso where she had been scratching, you don't notice anything that would point to an infection. You don't notice much of anything with the exception of some mild scarring where the fur hasn't quite grown back yet in the shape of the bite mark, but you don't see anything that would, that would be cause for concern. You know, this is no different than any of the other scars she may bear from battles previous. My stomach's not that interesting. I promise you. Gurn's going to slowly set her down back onto her feet. <clears throat> Gurn, just see. Well, I'm, I'm fine. I'm just, it's all healed up. It's just itchy. I think it's time to switch over for Moss to pick watch. Uh, um, I'm tired too. She's gonna go and wake up Moss. Moss, it's time for your watch. Yeah, yeah. She's also gonna point towards the direction of the village. And um, I'm fairly certain the goblin town's on fire. Still. Do I see that? Go ahead and roll perception. Uh, 14. You look in the general direction of where she's pointing, and you cannot make out 
any indication of fire at this time. I'll, I'll take your word for it. It's gonna go and find her little nest and go to sleep. Okay. Uh, Moss, during your watch, one of the drivers does wake up. Okay. He pulls out a short sword and he just starts doing a perimeter watch. He doesn't seem entirely interested in conversation. He's just kind of checking up on the horses and making sure that the camouflage on the carriages holds in place. Maybe throwing an occasional rock down. Maybe a twig that he may find and tossing it on the pile. Uh, Moss is going to go wake Kate up. She stirs a bit. Just kind of nuzzles into you. If you wouldn't mind, another set of eyes probably wouldn't be bad. Not great in the dark. I thought maybe you might be. If that is what you wish. And you can sleep too. Either way is fine. I will help. She kind of stretches out and you know, full length, arms forward, stretches and stands up and starts. Do you want her to do her own watch or to stay by your side? I'll have her with me. Okay. She kind of walks alongside you. So, being, I don't know that you're technically one of them but kind of one of them could you sense a dragon what is a dragon uh, that answers that question it's like you but much larger with wings and... that sounds dangerous yeah I am afraid I cannot sense that. I, I was just curious. Still a little on edge, you know. I can smell that. You see her tongue flick out a couple of times. There is tension in the air. Much fear around us. Yes, a, a dragon burnt down the village we just came from. Well, then it's a good thing we're not there anymore. Hmm. Hoping it's not following us. Well, let us keep our senses peaked in case it is following us. Yeah. With that, go ahead and roll your perception for the night at advantage. As you have a direct line of communication with Kada. Ooh. A natural 20 for a 25. About an hour and a half into your watch, Kada reaches into your mind. I feel something in the ground. Uh, 
fuck. As you go over to her, she seems to be flicking her tongue out at the ground every once in a while. But more so, she's kind of burying her clawed feet under the snow. It is not in the earth. Something searches. As she says this, you instinctively get down and put your hands beneath the snow and feel the ground. Every once in a while, you feel the slightest rumble as if a giant foot has impacted the earth. It is rhythmic, but slow. Do you feel the heartbeat? Yeah. Uh, where are we as to where we found that uh, stone golem place? Three-quarter day away. Due to, your increased, due to your increased pace, you guys kind of blasted past that. Yeah, that so. area is just outside the uh, valley entrance. Yep. And you guys kind of rushed away from that area. So we'd be too far away to feel that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, too far away to feel a stone golem walking. What you feel is somewhere between giant footsteps and a heartbeat. Like, you, you wouldn't be, like, it, it's almost impossible to tell the difference. It's, it could be the footsteps of a humongous creature. It could be as if you'd placed your hand on the chest of someone who is very calm. It is slow. It is rhythmic. And it does not appear to be getting closer or further from you. It's strange. What is that? It is life. And as she says this in your mind, you look over at her and you see a glint in her eyes. A shine. And you remember that when you cast the spell to summon her, you summoned her from a different plane of existence. A celestial plane of existence. You feel a connection to her. You feel a connection to the earth and all that is around you. As you stare into her eyes, that glint in her eye gets a little bit brighter and brighter. You find yourself lost within it. And that is where we're going to end tonight's session. That's not fair. <laughs>